Hey, Sarah, how you doing? Hey, Adam, welcome to my kitchen. We are in Sarah's kitchen. We're doing something we haven't done in a while. We're going to cook something in your kitchen as part of our show. Actually, we're going to bake something. We're going to bake, which is really both uh, intimidating and exciting, because uh, who knows what kind of disasters I could create. You're in good hands. Nothing bad will happen. Listeners, you can probably hear the whirring drone of my hardworking oven. So just try to ignore that and listen as Adam makes cake donuts rolled in sugar cinnamon. Excellent. Sounds great. I can't wait. Obviously a highly dietary uh, treat. <laughs> yes, this is it's a decadent food. treat. Yeah, this is health food. This is something, I think down on the Cape, there's a place, maybe Cottage Free. Ah, I gotta find out. They make something similar called a dirty bomb, which is maybe not the most sensitive name you could name your treat. Uh, but it's basically a cake donut, very simple, that is soaked in melted butter and rolled in cinnamon sugar. Are these going to be um, donuts with holes? No. So what we're using today are, and we'll share pictures of this on our social media, we're using silicon molds, which I love, and these are a little cork-shaped mold. So if you can imagine, it's almost like a miniature latte cup, the shape of it. So we're gonna make the batter, which is very simple. It consists of flour, sugar, and Crisco. Now, I do a lot of cooking with coconut oil. Right which is like the worst of all the oils for you, right? Yeah. So Crisco is actually better for you because it's a vegetable shortening right. than the coconut oil, which now makes me feel a little concerned about all those loaves I've been making for the last three years, <laughs> but we'll just ignore those. So we're going to make the batter and it also has two eggs. Not vegan, but not vegan. I dairy haven't, free. Well, not dairy free because there's also a cup right. of milk. Okay. Um, and the butter, of course. Now, I have never tried to make this recipe with substituting almond milk um, or using margarine for the rolling of the sugar process. And I, I would assume you could use an egg replacer. But for today, we're just going to go old school Crisco and eggs, baby. So, Sarah, I'm waiting for your instructions. All right. So the first thing we're going to do is cream together the Crisco and the sugar. In um, your KitchenAid with a paddle attachment. Well, it's my KitchenAid, but if you're following along at home. So I'm just pausing for a moment to scrape down the sides of the bowl on my KitchenAid. And creaming sugar and butter, I learned how to do it as a kid, like using a wooden spoon. Right. <laughs> um, or you could do it with an electric hand mixer, but... With the wooden spoon, you, you kind of stop at a certain point because you're tired. But um, I think you get a fluffier, more um, delicate product if you really cream it. So you go pat a little, so it like, when you're using butter, it'll change color even. It'll become almost white. Right. Sarah is now scraping out the butter and sugar. Yeah, I did my second scrape down. And now the next thing we're gonna do is add the eggs. I like to add eggs one at a time and let one beat in and then the second one. 
I saved these. Usually I would um, crack these ahead of time and just pour them out of a right. measuring cup, but right. I thought an egg crack would sound cool. All right, crack Let's away. Let's see. When I took the pastry class at uh, the Cambridge Culinary Institute, the pastry teacher, the, our, our professor, so to speak. Do you remember their name? I don't remember her name now. I'm sure I, I did at the time, but she actually said from that technically they crack eggs on the table, not using the edge of a bowl or a plate or anything. Yeah, you can do that too. And 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 she said because it it prevents pieces of shell fall the pieces of the shell falling into the bowl. Mm-hmm. But. I've, every time I've tried to crack the egg on the table, I've at least one out of the, you know, at least 20% of the eggs, I end up just cracking onto the table. Yeah, I'd say yes. having to pick out a little shell I agree. beats smashing your egg on the counter. Yeah. All right, I'm going to mix the first egg in. Okay, so now she's putting the first egg in. So I see that you've, um, we've done both eggs in the uh, electric mixer with the butter and the sugar, and now it's this beautiful, fluffy, yellow substance that looks very attractive. I saved the, my favorite part for you. We're going to use fresh nutmeg. So we have our um, one pound of flour, which is 16 ounces. And then we have a tablespoon of baking powder and a teaspoon of salt. That's the dry, but it includes some fresh nutmeg. So we're going to grate it. You're familiar with the uh, microplane. I'm familiar with the microplane. So you use most versatile and enjoyable instrument to use in the kitchen perhaps amongst almost any other or as some might call it a rasp a rasp correct so rasp away it's like a giant nail file in Ew. <laughs> <laughs> i haven't used it for that purpose i promise that's what you're hearing me scrape now as i'm putting so you didn't measure like a teaspoon of this first you just do it by sight yeah and by smell i by like smell so i like to also be able to see a little bit of the nutmeg in the donut like the flex of it sure and it also it's a pretty bland let's be honest it's Made with Crisco and flour. It's plus after we take them out of the oven, we're gonna roll them in melted butter and cinnamon sugar. So it's just a nice combo. Good. And there it is. So I put the the nutmeg in with the flour, which is you know the base of our dry ingredients. Right? Just throw that. All right. Now, so the way this recipe goes, we've creamed our butter and sugar and the eggs, and now it wants half of the dry. We add that in. Then we're gonna put all of the milk in. Okay. And then the remaining dry. Um, some things you could do with something like this if you wanted in your milk, if you wanted to do like a, maybe a little orange oil or lemon oil that could give this mm-hmm. a little more interesting of a flavor mm-hmm. profile. And you don't use any vanilla in this. Either. Nope, there's no yeah. vanilla in this. So you, And of course you could, uh, you could put a little vanilla in with your milk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now we just have vanilla paste, which is kind of fancy. And I don't want to use it in a Crisco donut. <laughs> oh, right. Right, okay. All right, so we're gonna add half of the flour in to our sugar and eggs and Crisco. That's, Sarah is pouring the flour into the mixer that has the yellow butter sugar. And I am eyeballing this, I'm like that. So that's on a slow? Yeah, you don't wanna go too fast once you've gotten dry stuff on top of anything because it'll just, if you turn on your KitchenAid too high, it'll shoot flour all over you and your kitchen. So now we're gonna add the milk in and I like to do a, um, I like to kind of let it run and pour the milk in as it's running. 
on the okay. low. Pouring milk into the electric mixer. So after mixing the first half of the flour and it got incorporated, I see you now you put the rest in. Something I like to do, especially with these KitchenAids, is just do one more pass because there's going to be flour on top of your paddle that never made it in. So not only do you want to scrape down the sides, you want to scrape down your paddle. Once again, if you just tuned in at Food on the Radio, we are in Sarah's kitchen making cake donuts. All right, now this is the fun part. Because we're using these kind of little cork-shaped silicone molds, so it's like a rubber muffin tin with a funny shape. And that's less sticky. You don't need, you don't need to grease them? Nope. It's magic. We're going to use a pastry bag to pipe in the dough. Oh, I see. And you're going to get to do some of it. Too gloppy, gloppy. you can't it's get it It's too messy. And this, starting from the bottom up. This makes it perfect. One of my favorite hints of using a um, pastry bag. Now, this is a pretty big one because yeah, I do a lot of big. industrial stuff. Glass. Oh, these look like pint glasses. So this right. is like one of those plastic cups that you get your Coke in at Lorenos or something, right? Right, right. But a pint glass is better for this, but you put your pastry bag in a cup like this and fold it over and then that's how a great way to transfer whatever you've got frosting donut dough into right what what she did was put the bag in sort of the way you would 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 put a plastic bag into a trash can so all the way (laughs) to the bottom and then fold it over so now we're just scraping everything off the paddle you got this it's not like making macaroons or something so that's the entire mixture of the dough yep this is it. It's a very simple dough. It's once you've once you've incorporated that flour, I'm assuming you don't want to stir it too much. You don't want to stir it. You want to keep some air in it. Yeah, you don't want to stir it too much, or they'll come out like little leaden lacrosse balls. Yeah, true cork. So this is actually such a a stiff dough. Sort of, I can do this a little bit with the bag to get it in here, or you could also use um, a disher or a scoop. And I, I might, t- again, if, if for the listeners, an important thing, Sarah has not snipped the point of the pastry bag That's yet right. as she's loading Good it so that catch. it doesn't squeeze, it doesn't sort of leak. Yeah, so either. I'm kind of laying this bag on the counter. What would you say this is the consistency of? Um, sort of like a loose Play-Doh. Yeah, so it it's, can stand up on its own here in the bag, but I don't cut the end of the bag until I'm ready to go. And that's a good practice with frosting or any time. Um, like mashed potatoes. Mashed sort potatoes. Of like mashed potatoes. Yeah. All right. So it stays on the spatula. Yum. I have to do this. I've seen a ton of memes online uh, or in funny videos of people making fun of themselves for how much while they're cooking they'll rinse their hands off. Yeah. yeah. I'm a massive hand rinser. I do it a lot more than I used to as well. All right. So this next part. I'm just going to kind of squeegee the dough down so you, with, um... So you, she's laying the pastry bag flat. It's it's full. It's laying on the counter, guys. It it's, looks it's like a counter. shoe. <laughs> and it looks like a, a giant mashed potato shoe. We're going to take a picture of it because no one will even believe what we're talking about. And then she's going to sort of squeegee with a scraper. So this is a pastry, a bench scraper. Well, I can't get rid of the bubbles until I cut the end, right? right? But I can get it away from the top enough so that I can do this and not get my hands dirty, which is the main point of that. Now I can apply a little pressure and it'll make the bag go there. And now 
comes. This is everyone's favorite part. Ready? Is the, uh, I'm ready. What do you think? Right there? Shipping the end. Ooh, I'm not left handed. <laughs> okay. All right. So it's about a half an inch circumference. All right. So the trick with these is yes. that you think you're like, oh, I'll fill them all up. No. Uh-huh. You want to only, so you start at the bottom. You can kind of just touch the tip of the bag to the bottom. And you just apply the pressure and come up to about there. So squeezing. about halfway. Mm, a little less than half. All right. Stop squeezing. And then you do a, li- a little rotation, a little swirl. It's kind of the same style for making a macaroon, but we're not. Oh, doing- you mean because it's going to rise? It is going to rise. So we're going to do another one to about there. It's always less than you think. Now, when you get something like that, like say with a macaroon, you have to be a little more fussy in how you get this back down. But with this dough, it's a little more forgiving. You can just kind of pat it down if you have like a big, ugly. Right. It's not too soft. Yeah. You can. It's kind of hard to break the dough because it's so. Now, I just made these the other day and I filled all of these with this amount of batter. Mm -hmm. And that's it. That's when you know you did it at the right Could amount. You, so each of these silicone cup pans are they're an eight pack. Yes. Just like my abdomen. <laughs> Fake news. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay. I'm going to hand it over to you. All right. Here I go. Now you want it? I am now in in the driver's seat in the in the squeezer seat. This is very good practice for me to use a pastry bag because I'm not particularly great at it. But this is you're doing better than I thought. But it's it's a low skill level piping task. Is that the final one? Yes, it is. Well, it looks like we got a little more to go, so we can add. So then you go back and you just make like pancakes with it or something. No, you go back and you find the ones that you like maybe didn't have that look a little smaller, Mm -hmm. and you can just boop add a little bit more to each one of those. I think this this is the first time on Food on the Radio that we've actually baked. We've cooked before on our show, but we haven't baked before. Yeah, I don't think we have. So you're now taking the raw cake donut batter. What are these called again? These are silicone. Silicone cupcake things, but they're not really cupcakes, as we said. And you're putting two of them on a cooking sheet or a baking sheet. Yeah. So they're these little, they stand up by themselves. They're like a little muffin tin, but they're a mold, a silicone mold. But I like to put them on... A baking sheet for when they go in the oven because then they, you know, they couldn't tip over and, right. it, and if they do bubble over, they'll bubble over onto your. Right. They won't. They won't do that. Now these don't take a long time. I think it's we're gonna go nine minutes or eight minutes and then spin it. Nine minutes and turn. Okay. So I wanted to ask you something. Um, I noticed once I never used to see this when I would see, for instance, on a cooking show or a demonstration show or that sort of thing where people would use a thermometer to test doneness of baked goods. Oh, yeah. But it seems like it's happening and it's used more on a professional level than we tend to do at home. Do you do, you do that? Yes. And I think that's just because people in their homes don't have thermometers yeah. as yeah. commonly. But, like, can you use, like, a meat thermometer? Will that work? Well, we use this one, and it's good for uh-huh. anything. The Thermapen. Thermapen. This is not an ad. It's just real life. Right. Um, but yeah, Thermo Steph especially is good at testing his bread doneness. Oh, with, um, okay. With a temperature, with a thermometer. These are so tiny. I don't need to test these. I mean, I haven't done it in the past. I just, you know, it says, you know, you stick a, a toothpick in. and then, But I always get oh. really confused because I'll put it in and some say, some, some of them I've said, 
it shouldn't be so dry that there are no crumbs on it, but the crumbs should be dry. And sometimes it's so particular that I'm sort of like nervous about, is this what they mean? Or is that, so it's a, it's, it's a little too, sometimes it's less precise than I would like it to be as to how the toothpick should appear upon removal. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm still somebody that will, if I have it on hand, an, an old real broom from a hardware store, pick out the broom bristle and use that. That's how I was taught. Like It seems like a less sanitary way to check. Well, you use the other end of the bristle that was up right. in the binding, ah, which has you. never been touched since it was made. Oh, right? All right, that's But that's, that's how I learned to do it. And if there's ever, if I'm ever any place where there's a broom, I'll still do that. Like okay. a real old broom, okay. not a plastic and I also wanted to add earlier when Sarah said one pound of flour, um, one thing that in my, the little amount of baking that I've done, but at least more in the last year than I've done in a while, is whenever possible, use the weight and a scale yeah. as opposed to cups. Yeah, you see my scale right can, there. Cups can vary so much. Cups can kill. Yeah, we I do everything with a digital scale. I make coffee with our digital scale. You just never you'll never mess it up that way. That's even more uh, type A than I would be to to, <laughs> to, to measure measure coffee with a um, we do a it. scale. We measure it every day. It's 60, 60 grams. <laughs> so what I'm doing right now is I'm preparing another baking sheet with some saran wrap on it just for cleaning purposes, sort of. And on top of this, I'm gonna set a, like a- A wire drying rack. Yeah, a baking rack right in here. So when these come out of the oven, you won't believe how easy it is to get them out of these molds. We'll just put them on I here. can't wait. And this is where they're gonna rest before we um, douse them in melted butter. Um, and then that's back where they'll go when they're covered with cinnamon sugar, so any of their their leavings will go down here. I see. And then when we're packing them up for you to bring home, um, <laughs> I'll have a little to no cleanup in the sugar cinnamon department. Is it? I keep saying it different. Sometimes I say sugar cinnamon. Sometimes I say cinnamon sugar. But I think it's cinnamon sugar. I think I think traditionally that's how it's referred to. Yes. Now, when I make cinnamon sugar, so what we can... have here is a bowl of sugar. Um, sorry, and you have you have placed. All of the sugar, I'm assuming, in a strainer. Some of it is already strained. Yeah, it's just like a filter out any chunks of. And so I am now how sugar can crystallize into big right. Clumps. So this way it'll be nice fluffy sugar. Yeah, and we'll just have a little bit. See, look at these. It looks like teeth. <laughs> oh, look, they are teeth. <laughs> the tooth fairy. That's where the tooth fairy hides. The Ew, this is a great. I wish I had kids just so I could make up this story. Yeah, no, but then they go digging through your sugar. Well, then uh, who wants to find a tooth in the sugar? Later, sugar. And you have a very large jug of cinnamon. I do. I do have a large jug of cinnamon. And you're not even measuring it out. You're just I'm not. Gonna, when it looks like the color and consistency you like, I would. That looks like about a half a cup. I'd say. Mm, I think that's a quarter, quarter cup. Quarter cup. All right. All right. Fluff that around, but don't go too crazy. You'll make a big cinnamon cloud and you'll yeah. go crazy from it. Another cinnamon challenge <laughs> victim. All right. We have two minutes until we turn it around. So we have two minutes. While we're, while we're waiting to do this, I did want to mention something that I was thinking about for the show because the spring is coming and all the places are going to start opening up like clam shacks. And all oh, that yeah. Sort of and, and instead of doing our normal trivia, I just actually was going to, there was a piece of uh, more general trivia 
that I didn't know. I was just thinking about when did people first make fried clams? And it turns out, I also looked it up at the, uh, yes, on the food timeline, they actually didn't have the fried clam story. What? But then I dug a little deeper and I did find out it's actually from Essex. Yeah, uh, is it Woodman's? Woodman's in Essex. Ooh, I want to get that trivia. Right. In 1916 <gasps> were the first fried clams that were known to be put on a menu for sale. And you can still go there and get it. What's interesting is how times have changed of a clam platter is now between $35 and $40. <laughs> and I think lobster rolls are now, you're going to pay at least $29 I mean, to $35. Weren't lobster lobsters rolls. originally like garbage food? Garbage food, like... prisons, yeah. <laughs> that sort of thing. Um, and, and But clams, even in my past, were a cheap, a cheap fried food. Um, no longer the case. But anyway, so they are still open. You can still go to uh, Woodman's in Essex. And order fried clams. Yeah, I see um, there's bumper stickers all over the place up here from Woodman's, from Essex. People, yeah. People yeah. love it. Yeah. Okay, here we go. It's time to turn these babies around. 